subscribe to this podcast to get exclusive access to the after show shooting the breeze hello and welcome to cool explorations today we are going to speak with uh, children's author kara adams she's going to discuss her messages that she gives through her books uh that help them understand uh christ a little bit more and a little bit more about what what god is and uh, how important that is to be teaching our young children these things um, at that age so they can get a firm grasp and firm foundation started at a young age. Hello everyone, welcome to the Cool Explorations podcast. Today we have on children's author Kara Adams and uh, she's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, her writing but first why don't you get uh, started by just telling us a little about yourself and uh, a little bit about what you currently do. Okay, thank you for having me Tony. Hi. Hi everyone. I um my name is Kara Kara Adams. I almost said my maiden name, Kara Matthew, but Kara Adams. <laughs> and I live in the Space Coast of Florida. I guess I should say on the Space Coast of Florida. And um, it's very hot, full swing summer here. But I love where I live. It's a little piece of paradise. And I'm just very um, committed to my community here. And I'm also very passionate about uh, my personal growth in my faith, my Christian walk, as well as that of children. Um, I have been an educator for a long time, and I recently just uh, went through a battle with stage four cancer and uh, had to go through, you know, the treatment and everything that goes along with that. My hair is growing back right now, Tony, but um, what's birthed out of that has just been amazing. So I'm excited to share that story. Yeah, God definitely uses our our troubling times to to bring about that growth in us and mm-hmm. and encourage us i've learned that myself so much with with my own um, health battles as well as my son's health battles uh why don't you start out by just telling us your your testimony as well and what god is currently doing in your life sure okay well like many others you know i feel like our culture is just deeply self-centered and instead of God-centered. And I don't wanna blame culture all the time. I mean, we have responsibility too, and parents have responsibility too, but there is the culture. That's just a a loud and clear, we have some culture issues. And I don't think it will get much better. Um, In Luke 18, eight, you know, Jesus says, there's not gonna be much faith on the earth when he's coming back. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to come back and step into this amazing place. There's just going to be some of us left here. And, um, and so that's kind of discouraging, but it also just, it just reminds us that we're just not going to be able to change culture altogether, that we've just got to do what we can for ourselves and for our family. And that's why I'm also just very passionate about children and their faith. Um, so I, I, I really didn't grow up with a biblical worldview, but I want this for my daughter, you know, and I've come to get that biblical worldview for myself. And I want that for her as well. My own faith story, um, it just was a struggle of a lack of guidance. uh, And it's just led me to this moment where I just feel that God has fervently called me um, into action, into engaging culture and helping children to uh, be able to engage culture and not, not to just so much withdrawal and, and quit and, and that kind of thing, but to be able to engage culture because they will have the, the tools that they need in that with a biblical worldview. Um, maybe even a life compelling enough to promote change in, in our culture. Like that would, that would just be so awesome. 
my life, you know, it was pretty just unremarkable. I, I wasn't, um, I didn't have any like major trauma or abuse or anything growing up like that. I also didn't like have celebrities for parents or anything. It's just, it was just, uh, just a typical, typical life, typical family. We were military kind of uh, low income level and we moved around a lot and that affected me and that affected me a lot um, that we moved around. Um, and I didn't know the Lord growing up. We were like semi-Catholic. I'm not trying to offend Catholic. I have a lot of Catholic family um, that are just amazingly spirit filled, but we weren't. And um, my experience wasn't uh, a faith filled Catholic experience growing up. I don't, I don't know if you went through this or I don't really know your history as far as that goes. But for me um, in the Catholic church, you had to go through uh, a process, a ceremony called reconciliation, and then you get your first Holy Communion. So they force you into a room to confess your sins to a priest, and then you're ready to receive communion. And this just felt so fake to me. I wished I would have had a relationship with the Lord and that we had this dynamic of, okay, I can come clean to you. And now I'm part of the body of Christ, but I mean, that it just was forced and it was fake. And then a few years later, we go through confirmation, which is where you're supposed to receive the Holy Spirit. And again, they push you in the head and they tell you now you have the Holy Spirit. And again, I didn't feel that. And so um, it was at this point where like, okay, I'm considered an adult sort of in the church and I didn't have to go anymore. And my parents were going to make me go because they didn't, their parents made them go. So they made me go. And that was just the cycle of it. And that's, that's the end of my um, faith background as a child. So here I am in middle school at this point, um, and I have no, no faith, and I don't know anyone who has faith. I don't know anyone who's growing up with the Lord. There's no activity for me, no Sunday school, no youth group, no camps in the summertime, like vacation Bible school or anything like that. That's where my son is right um, now. Right, said, and my daughter loves it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I look at it and what, and what the older kids do. I mean, amazing stuff that they have going on. But so by this time, I had a lot of issues, especially the need to belong, um, between moving around so much and just not having the Lord or any kind of biblical worldview. Like I just needed to belong so bad in middle school, and I teach uh, people to be teachers online. And one of the theories that we have to teach is, is Eric Erickson and his eight stages of development. And right at this time where you're like 13 to 18, this is when you have to find your identity or you have role confusion. So you either make your identity or you are confused about your role during, in your teenage years. So I was definitely that person like trying to find my identity. I didn't know who I was. I tried to belong to this group. And I tried to belong to that group. And I tried to be friends with this person. And I got a lot of heartbreaks and um just a lot of friction with other people and i was just a miserable uh, a miserable kid and i remember deciding very young back then that my parents didn't love me i mean even though they didn't do anything to hurt me that they didn't love me god wasn't real and uh, i can just do whatever i want and that can include hurting people and because i just need to do what i need to do to get by um then i spent my teen years also pretty miserable and making other people pretty miserable because I'm just desperately trying to fill, fill this void more than anything. And I remember just being obsessed with 
the big relationship, um, just wanting to have that great big friendship or that big, that boyfriend, um, and that group that I would belong to. And, and I always wanted that and I would try to make it work and it wouldn't work out. And I would try on something else or try on somebody else and it just wouldn't work out. Um, and I just time and time again, I was reinventing who I was just kind of desperate to fill this void and belong and figure out who I was. In the meantime, I watched a lot of movies and a lot, listened to a lot of music. And here's where I feel like culture filled this, this void for me. You know, I don't know if you've experienced that kind of thing, but I definitely, um, uh, I started when I started dating in high school and I would, you know, sleep with my boyfriend and this was just became like the, the problem. This became the the beginning of, of all my problems later as well. Um, Again, I just didn't have my, I didn't have the biblical worldview about marriage and family that, that I'm trying to pass on to my daughter and children. Um, I just, just kept trying to gain love. I just kept trying to find that love and fill that void and belong to someone. And it was just always a heartbreak and it was always pain and it just never worked out. And I would just go from relationship to relationship. Fortunately, school was pretty easy for me and I made it to college, um, but I was still just a wayward mess. And I ended up living with my boyfriend in college and getting married, like in college. So that was a huge disaster that blew up in my face. Um, But I just, everyone around me was doing that. It's what I saw in the movies. It's what I listened to in the music, you know, guys and girls, we just dated hooked up and lived together you know did whatever that was just how it was all around me and it's what I thought was going to be normal and it was what I thought was how it was going to work and I thought I can do this this is this is exactly what dating and love is and I have to get that marriage I have to get that relationship and it's so meaningless like it just means means nothing and that is the problem with movies and music these days and has been for decades here where it just makes it seem like it's so meaningless you just move in and there's nothing there's no ties you can just leave whenever Um, yeah meaningless so all that blew up at that time and my I have a younger sister who has had all my problems but even worse and so my family was just a mess she came to the Lord as a teenager. Then she led my parents to the Lord. And then they led me to the Lord. And all this was how, like, I was going through divorce. I was starting my career. It was just such an emo- emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that is when the Lord has stepped in and it's just never been the same. I'm sure you know what it's like, you know, to, to be saved, you know, to have that wonderful, wonderful, like, finally, um, salvation in Jesus. And so things, and uh, things got better, but you know, it was really hard for me to leave my old worldviews. I had just years of, of trying and, and trying to get better and making those same mistakes and not letting the Lord be Lord over this, letting him be over here, but not letting him in here. I still got this, you know, I was still making huge dating mistakes, huge. Um, And I know now in hindsight, you know, that I really idolized relationships and I made love and and marriage and relationship this huge idol. And all I wanted to do is make that work. 
Um, and I wanted it so bad, but I never had the intimacy with the Lord. I never had that relationship with him. So how could I make it work with people here? You know, we have to have that vertical relationship in order for our horizontal relationships to succeed. So that was a huge turning point when I started to really learn intimacy uh, with the Lord. I don't know how people stay married without the Lord. I look at these seemingly successful couples that, that are unbelievers. And I'm like, well, that just affirms the doctrine of election to me because I don't know how they're doing it. <laughs> they have something else. Well, and our divorce else. rates are yeah. skyrocketing. And wow. yeah, sadly, among Christian people as well, they're, they're skyrocketing. So my career had begun while I state, well, I, it was like 20 years, something years ago. And when at the same time that I uh, found Jesus and I knew, okay, I, I've got to be a different person now. I need to nurture these children and I need to put into these children and I can feel God calling me to do stuff with these children. I, and I've always taught the neediest children, kids with special needs, kids in poverty, um, so he was just showing me and showing me, you know, this is your purpose and this is where we're going. And this is what I've called you to do. Um, it, it just took years of him pruning me in, in different relationships, but um, it really got a hold of me the most when I became a mother. I mean, parenthood really brought me to my knees in a way that was like, okay, I really surrender now. Like this is the ultimate uh the ultimate blessing and the ultimate surrender. I, I was so dedicated to uh, my daughter. I still am, obviously I'm just dedicated to my daughter and I'm just fervently in prayer for her relationships and for her marriage and her future husband. And I don't want her to make these mistakes that I made. you know, we just, we want to spare our children the, uh, the, um, uh, the retribution of, of, of their sins, you know, and, culture is sneaking in and it's difficult um, to try to protect them from everything. I, I still love music and videos and you want, you have to try to censor everything, um, but it creeps in. Let me give you an example. And, and uh, the, I'm not, a, I mean, my values obviously don't support the LBGT movement and that, that whole agenda. Um, I love the people and I'm not trying to just hate on them, but she's just a child and she plays this little game where um, she adopts pets and has to take care of them. And that's the, the object of the game. And then she can buy pet beds and brushes mm -hmm. and things for them. Yeah. So there was a pride update and all of these, all of these rainbow items are available and they say pride on them and things like that. And this is a child's game. You know, she has no idea what that means. And it just makes me want to take the rainbow back somehow. I wrote to the developers, um, just a very concerned email, just expressing my, myself and trying to be lovingly about it. But and it, it just, here's an example of how it just creeps all the way down to our children. And she's going to grow up with this all around her all the time until it just but her generation is going to grow up with things like this around them. And it's just acceptable, just like I did. Yeah. We've had that talk with our, with our children because of that yeah. exact, exact thing. Like, you know, how did is, you, uh, we, well, we approached it with, we don't agree with what the movement mm -hmm. 
says. We don't agree with with being homosexual or bisexual, but at the same time, we need to love them. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of took it from that point. And I'm like, the Bible is very clear on its position on this. People say, well, mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus was Jesus was accepting of homosexuals and everything. I'm like, nowhere in the Bible to say Jesus was accepting of homosexuals. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sexual immorality and how deep that ran. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And it clearly mentions homosexuality, bestiality, um, and um, incest. Like It clearly mentions those exact things, which makes it very clear how the Lord feels about it. That is not saying we shouldn't love them because you can't reach them if you hate them or come to a position of, of being hateful. And so when we explained it to our children, we took it from that kind of point where it's like, you, you can't judge them for the way that they live. You maybe you don't accept the way that they live as being a godly way of living, but we can't judge them or treat them any differently than we would treat anybody else because as Christians, we're called to love. And absolutely. Ju- ju- judging is, is reserved for the lord and Absolutely. we always say that with our children about judging anybody whenever that kind of comes in and it's hard even for us sometimes not to judge people but right. it's like that's not our job that's god's job and right. we can't step into that role so we just um that's kind of how we approached it with our children and we kind of explained a little bit about you know what goes on uh, more so with my 10 year old my daughter is seven so she's a little young to really understand most of that stuff but my son you know when we had the puberty talk which he hated uh, <laughs> that that uh kind of played right into into that discussion because they need to hear that kind of stuff too and understand it uh, and understand how jesus feels about it yeah it was just unfortunate because i have to tell her and it's not a good idea for us to buy this rainbow pride dog bed, <laughs> but we will, we're going to get it. We're going to go look at God's rainbow outside. Cause we, we do get a lot of rainbows outside and we're just going to appreciate God's rainbow. Yeah. And they just love rainbows. Kids just love rainbows. Yeah, they love it. Who doesn't? <laughs> Unicorns and that kind of yeah. stuff. Like that's my daughter just loves that. <laughs> they just love It's exactly it. So but I mean, like I'm trying to say, my point, you know, even before the whole gender agenda and the and the gay marriage legalization and things like that, we just have this vast sexual sin problem that's just, you know, started and it's growing and it's growing. And this is just where we are now. That's just, yeah. just a new chapter of the same sin, sexual yeah. sins, you know. And it's like abortion, too, is, ties in oh, with yeah. that. It, it comes in with the same thing. It, sex is meaningless. So the life that is a result is meaningless. And so you can just kill that child and the child means nothing to you. It's so sad, Tony. There's, I mean, I know women that have had multiple abortions to their name. I mean, and I know multiple women because they just use it as birth control. Yeah. You know, even though we have so much birth control available, let's just do this every time. You don't want to take responsibility for your actions. Exactly. And, and, I, and I understand rape is different. Like it is different, but at the same time, you can't take the anger you have at being raped out on the this innocent child if you don't want to raise the child put the child up for adoption but killing that child 
is not fair because you're making them pay for the sins of their father. I agree. And who's to say you can't trust the Lord to raise this child of some awesome purpose that he would have anyway. Yeah. You know, just because of, just because it was the result of rape doesn't mean you can't trust the Lord to make this child amazing. Yeah. I, I don't know. But and I was molested twice as a child. So Oh, I'm so but sorry. If, if people say I don't under I can't understand what that's like. Yes, I'm a man, so I didn't get pregnant out of <laughs> all of that. But at the same time, I understand the anger, the frustration, right. and all that that comes with that and the, what the turmoil that that results in your life afterwards. I understand that. Mm-hmm. So for me, as as a Christian looking back now, I can learn to forgive and move on. And if you kill a child, that is not going to heal anything. It's not going to make you feel better. In the end, a lot of women who've had abortions end up feeling a lot of guilt because of it. Absolutely. Do you really want that extra guilt added on after the pain of being raped? Right. So it, it's a tough subject and, and I understand both sides of it, but at the same time, the, that child's life is precious. And I love that about what you do, um, about speaking to children and preaching to children. I just, I, I love that because it, it, Jesus says like about the least of these will enter heaven. Like it's just, he's very clear on his love for children and how important children are to us. Absolutely. So we have this, this huge sin problem that's just increasing and it's breaking down families and family values, which God's, it's just one of God's big structures for us. It's his plan for marriage and family. I read once that the, in the ancient Hebrews, when um, a marriage was consummated, everybody was there, not like in a perverted way, but everybody was there. And when the hymen broke, they would have, um, you know, a cloth or something. And then the husband would bring it out to the priests and the elders that were there, even the children and show them because this is a blood covenant. God has joined the man and the woman. They are one blood. This is a blood covenant. And this is what's in place for you. And the children grew up knowing this, that their parents, you know, made this covenant for them and they, you know, created them intentionally. And this was God's plan for them. And, I mean, I just think that's amazing. I I think what if we had that kind of ceremony in our day, you know, would, would divorce go down? You know, when you see something like that, I don't know. Well, and it was a big deal. If a woman wasn't a virgin at the time Mm -hmm. of of marriage, it was a big deal. And like, she could be stoned for, Mm -hmm. for that. And so she would have a blood covenant with somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Virgin, she would already be covenanted with somebody else, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah, marriage has always been, it's been a big deal and we take Mm -hmm. it far too lightly in our society. We think uh, if if we have disagreements, it's not worth working out. Well, there's counseling, there's, there's different ways of going about trying to to reconnect and there's marriage there's all kinds of marriage seminars too that that churches hold or there's people who go around and do them so there's lots of tools out there to try to to heal a relationship no relationship's ever going to be perfect 
And I think that's the misconception society has is they think marriage should be perfect. You know, like there shouldn't be disagreements that we should all just get along and everything. It's like, it doesn't work that way. We're two different people joining Mm -hmm. as one and you're going to have disagreements, but how you work out those disagreements, that's the important part. And that's where God comes in to help you work Mm -hmm. through that. It's a lifetime commitment to an imperfect person, and, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a threesome with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your battle with cancer. Um, Cause I would like to hear a little about that before we get into your book. Sure. Um, well, like, like a lot of people who've had cancer, I had, I went through a couple of years of like, what is wrong with me? You know, and go to the doctors, like, fix me. What's this? What's this? And I went through this test and that test. And, um, so when I finally got the d- diagnosis, I was kind of like, yes, we figured it out. Um, and, um, I, I can say that I praised the Lord in the storm for that one. I can say that I was just, thank you for my cancer. Just help me to have whatever I need to endure this. I am going to get through this trial with you. And on the other side, we, I, I know you're going to use my pain and whatever I've gone through to um, serve you and glorify you. Uh, and so my battle of cancer, I have to tell you that I went through treatment for six months and so many people poured into me that it was mind-blowing for me like I was just literally floored with the love and support of just so many strangers reaching out to me people I'd never met people just donating people starting um uh like meal deliveries I'm sure you have that in Canada Mm -hmm. um things like that I just people just poured into me with so much love so much support so many prayers so many physical things like I was really one of the most joyful times of my life other than the being sick part of it, uh, I was almost sad for it to end. But when it did end, or, or I knew that things were going to be different. And um, that's when um, the Lord inspired me to start my mother-daughter Bible uh, study and my women's Bible study and uh, do more things online through social media. Also wrote my book and published my book during that time. Um, and probably one of the, the biggest things to come out of my treatment was that uh, this pastor in Pakistan reached out, prayed for me for months, just talked to me all the time. I don't know how he found me. I asked him several times, how did you find me? And he said, the Lord uh, sent me to you. The Lord brought us together. He would always say that. I really don't know how he got into my system, but he did. And uh, his name is Pastor Raza. And he's just been a huge influence on my life because the church in Pakistan is on fire. It is so it's, this is their, one of your largest Muslim countries in the world. And the Christian church is just growing and growing and growing and growing. And the people there, they are similarly oppressed as they were in, in Jesus's time. The religion that's just yeah. oppressive. Like, I, I've personally been, they've, they've asked me to teach, uh, taught at different uh, um, worship meetings for different ministries over there, just like this via Zoom and stuff. And all of a sudden, the the uh, the call to prayer, the Muslim call to prayer, will interrupt us for a minute, and we have yeah. to just. And I was, they're like, "Keep going, keep going." They don't want it to. They don't want to be stopped by it because it's meant to be 
abrasive and make you stop what you're doing and force you into a worship, you know, position. Um, so that's been, and it's the whole city. It's, it's everything. Yeah. You hear it everywhere. Yeah. So it, it, that's just been really interesting that God has told me you're going to help these children in Pakistan. You're going to help these people in Pakistan. Um, and this church over there, that's just, and I mean the church, not just one church, I mean the church, there's lots of different ministries that have, that have um, come out of it because this person and then this person and this person. And um, so I've helped them start uh, lots of Bible schools. I've helped them like plant water pumps, feed people, medical, you know, anything I can do to help because our Western dollars just go so far over there. So yeah. how much more we can do. Yeah. Your dollar um, more than our Canadian dollar. <laughs> I mean, tiny, tiny bit, but still. Um, so that my battle with cancer was, like I said, one of the most joyful experiences of my life. Yeah. All I, of that came out of it. And I understand that with my own health issues, right? I just four or five months ago, before I start, however long I've been doing these testimonies for, um, I was walking with a cane. I only spoke with half my face and through the hope and encouragement of all of these testimonies, God has brought about so much healing in my body. Um, I still have to watch when I talk to make sure I'm not slurring. My wife picks it up. Most people don't, but my wife does. Um, and I still stumble every once in a while when I walk. But for the most part, God has just really blessed it. And he used that time to help me do this and and to grow closer to him and understand God more and and grow that relationship. And I have to say, if I didn't have this time where I was on disability because of my health, I probably wouldn't be here today doing this. And I wouldn't have that relationship with Jesus Christ that I have now, that closeness. And so it is those times of trial and oftentimes sickness that really just brings us to a point of growth. And where we could truly understand God and and grow close to Him, and uh, not everybody has that opportunity to do that. Um, and I have to say, uh, Kathy Flett, first person to interview, changed my mind on on viewing these things as hurdles and changing it to blessings. Yeah, because uh, I I have been blessed with being able to do this as much as I hated the health problems. It was still a blessing that I get to do this. And I get to spread God's word because it is just amazing. It almost brings me to tears. Just yeah, just, just, God. just amazing how God works. Um, I, I love him dearly and I know he loves me and he's been there for me through everything. Um, Did you get hurt or were you sick or? I get what's called stress seizures, um, which is because of pain that I have. I had two heart procedures when I was 17 and 18. Um, and there's the scar tissue is on cartilage. Mm-hmm. So there's not as many nerve endings and stuff in the cartilage and the blood doesn't flow to it. So pain medications don't hit the cartilage like they would if it was a muscle thing. Oh, I'm so sorry. So I go through a lot of pain. I cover it well, um, but those the pain ends up triggering stress seizures in my brain. And I was having like 20 seizures a day. Um, uh, I had been three months seizure free until this past week when we took a trip and then that trip ended up triggering seizures. So I've been having seizures again, but, uh, I had been 
three months seizure free and I have to keep reminding myself it's possible. God yeah. can get me through there. I, I keep doing what he wants me to do. He's going to, he's going to drive, drive things and uh, help me through everything. He's, he carries us. Yeah. So I, I love that. The, the old thing, I'm going to date myself here, but uh, footprints in the sand, just, right. I, I love that because it is so true in our times when we're struggling, Jesus is the one carrying us. He is. So I just have to keep reminding myself of that. And it's something that we talk about with our children, um, how even with my son's health struggles right now, uh, which I won't get into right at the second, but um, that Jesus and God carries you through. Um, And you wrote a book, um, which I really liked uh, the title, If God Was a Kid in Your Class, Mm-hmm. um you signed it for my daughter which i appreciate very very much um she loved that uh, the book is going to be going on her bookshelf um uh, mm-hmm. but uh how did that book come about and uh you've been working on other books um so can you tell us a little bit about these these books and, and this one in particular sure i think i always wanted to be a writer at some point and uh especially a children's author and when i was in treatment, I had a lot of time to spend with the Lord. And really the book is um, to tell about the nature of God, the father, the creator, God. And he, uh, there was, the children had so many questions um, all through, all throughout my career. They would always ask a lot of questions like, does, does God, is God funny? <laughs> does he, uh, does he eat, you know, things he, like that. Just he has a sense questions. of humor. Yeah, he, absolutely. And well, I look at, look at all the, all the nature creatures out there. And you just see, I we know. always talk with that with, the, with my son. God has such a sense of humor just by looking at nature and we can see so much through nature. I mean, we love to, my daughter loves animals and we look at animals all the time. Just yesterday, like the tortoise and the giraffe. I mean, these are just so silly when they yeah. see about it yeah goblin shark uh, yeah (laughs) and the lantern like just crazy he has a sense of humor for sure and but he's also the best i mean he can do anything you can do but better he invented it so um i would just always reply with these kinds of answers and so i wanted to make this book to glorify this was just going to be my first book was going to be for him it was inspired by all the children that I've taught over the years. Um, and it was, it was for them and it was for my daughter. And I love going around to different uh, churches and schools. And I, I tell, I read the book and I tell my story. So if there's anybody in the space coast area that wants to do that, I'd love for them to reach out to me, but I can also do anything virtual as well. Um, but yeah, then um, it's, I, I just enjoyed the whole book process and, and, and having that to, to say, look, this is what I've done for the Lord, um, that I, I wrote the next one. So the next one should be coming out pretty soon too, as well. And that one is called, if Jesus was a player in your game. <laughs> I love the titles. Like they're so yeah. creative and, and wonderful and, Thanks. and bring out the different aspects of God. Definitely. Um, and children. And I'm just really passionate, you know, about, children and having them have a world a, a, a biblical worldview and being equipped to engage with culture That's that is so important these days mm-hmm. yeah uh and you are very involved like you've been talking about with the different uh 
ministries with children. Um, mm -hmm. How did that come about where you just were, um, you started doing a lot of ministry for children? Well, ever since I started going to church, I was working in children's ministry at church. And children's ministry is wonderful and necessary and great. And, and we teach a lot of, um, you know, we teach a Bible stories. And that's pretty much what children's ministry is. It's usually different Bible stories with a lesson, uh, very similar to what we do in, in grown-up church. Uh, but when once I became, well, actually, let me back up. When I was, I was teaching in public school for a while, and we had a, a group um, that would meet at public school. And I don't know what it's like in Canada, but you can't do like here. We don't, we can't do that. So I had to get special permission to use the grounds. I couldn't use inside, couldn't use like air condition or electricity or anything like that, but I could use the actual grass outside and meet and have uh, Bible studies in public school. Yeah. We used to, we used so, to have prayer on like the flag is what we used to do. Um, I'm uh -huh. not sure how much they do that still. Cause I know our school has been cracking down a lot more on Christianity not religion, mm -hmm. but Christianity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, where you can't, like, Bibles are not supposed to be in there. Um, I was shocked when my son brought home a Gideon Bible uh, this <laughs> this year. He actually brought home a few because his friends didn't want it. So he uh, he brought home a few that his friends were just going to, like, toss. And he's like, no, no, don't throw it out. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll get those to China or someplace that really needs them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, so teaching in the, in the public school uh, was a lot more of, of catechism, of starting to, to just give them the question, like a teacher, like what, what is your, your purpose for, the, um, for living? Why are we here? Why did God make you? And most, child, you know, most children cannot answer that. I, mean, mm -hmm. I think a lot of adults don't even have that answer, but the answer is to glorify God, that we are here for his glory. Um, things like that, just for them. I wanted them to have those tools, those kinds of answers to those questions, to know the, the gospel backwards and forwards, yeah. you know, starting from the garden and ending in heaven and just knowing the gospel back and forwards. I mean, a lot of people, children included, don't know the whole message of the gospel. Couldn't tell you, you know, in, 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 in a minute, the story of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so I just really every week would talk about the gospel so that they would know it and know it and know it. That's what teachers do. We just review <laughs> the yeah. important things a lot of times, you know? Yeah. And so that, goes, that, was, that goes to the firm foundation yeah. that, that I harp on quite often. Sorry for everybody, but it's firm <laughs> foundation. And with children in particular, it's, it's good to, to get that started at that young age. So it's very important what you're doing Thank um, you. in that uh, because yeah, it, children are lacking in that and we are seeing so many people falling away from religion and yes. children uh, especially when they leave home they just fall away from religion and I think so much that goes to that firm foundation that they're lacking mm -hmm. and that's where you come in with what you're doing and where we need to follow suit with what we're doing and um, as parents um, as churches um, getting children into these into these things and making that a priority um so thank you for what you're doing um, thank you yes um so yes and so now that's where i am uh i i have a group 
of, of girls and mothers, and we are working again on those kinds of questions for them to just know the gospel and to know all the, the questions that catechize us, you know, what, why we are here, what we are made of, what our purposes are, are what God's constructs are for marriage and family, um, how to pray, how to really uh, to harness our power that the Holy Spirit has in us. And we, we, I'm here, I'm in a beach community. So we meet at the beach and we pray for a lot of people, um, that just might be walking by at the beach. Um, and, and, you know, we can tell, you know, maybe this person needs some prayer just by looking at them, mm -hmm. looking at the clothes or the, the bathing suit that they're wearing or the language they're using, things like that. You know, we can tell just a little bit about them and just teaching the children, to be um, perceptive of those of the, the prayer needs of people and just guiding them through it. Because I know that they're going to learn the Bible. Um, and my, my daughter goes to Christian school and, and I know she's going to learn it there and I know she's going to learn it at school, but it's just a lifestyle. Uh, like I've said many times during this interview, that worldview, that biblical worldview, just how, just get in the world and show, show that everything in the world. Uh, the proverb was the 22, six that says, you know, raise uh, your child up in the things of the Lord so that when they're old, they know which way to go. Um, the word old is, is really beard. And I think a lot of people think it means that when you're an old man, that or an old woman, that you'll know God's word and you'll remember how he wants things to be done. But it really refers to when you get your first beard. It really refers to adolescence, teenage years, you know, young adulthood, that we want them to be so prepared for that young adulthood for marriage, for those first relationships and to become, you know, ready to be an adult and to be a, a mother and a father and have a family. And so that's just, you know, I'm, I'm passionate based on the experience that I had growing up and my own, you know, faith journey. Um, my own sin problems that have led me to it. I just, I really pray for all the girls, all the children out there that they would save themselves for the, the woman or the man of their, of, of God's intention for them. And that they would have that blood covenant and have the, that ch the children and the family on um, the way God intended without all the pain and the heartbreak. <laughs> yeah. And that is so important. Um, where can people find you and your books online? Um, my books are on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Nobles, but my website is Cara, C-A-R-A hyphen adams.org. And um, you'll see my blog, all my social media, you know, on book links to the books as well. So I'd love to uh, communicate with any of your listeners that might be interested in um, a book reading, but also just to, if, if, if you're like-minded and you have some advice or you have some connection or anything that we could um, hook up about and, and work together on, like that would be awesome. Yeah. And I'll put a link to that in the description as well for the, uh, on the podcast, as well as on the uh, YouTube channel. Uh, so people can find it there. Um, but thank you for coming on here. I really, really appreciate so it. It's been a great talk. Um, very informative as well. So thank you. Thanks for having me. And um, hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Cool Explorations. You've just heard Kara Adams speaking um, about her children's books that she writes and about how important it is to teach our children 
biblical matters at a young age and in a way that they can understand and grasp so they can have a firm foundation growing up for their faith. Well, I have just been uh, blessed with so many people who are requesting to be on the show and I'm impressed with how many people want to share their testimonies or what they're doing uh, for the Lord right now. Uh, If I haven't got back to you, I promise I will get back to you. Uh, I look forward to, to speaking with each of you and interviewing you. And uh, keep tuning into the show. There, there's lots of, of new people that are coming on here. And if you're considering wanting to, to come on the show, uh, just shoot me an email at tpeters745 at gmail.com. And uh, I will get back to you.